0: Chapter Five of The King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: The Wisdom of the Parliament of Earl in those bridal days the men of earl came often to the castle bringing gifts and felicitations and in the evenings they would talk in their houses of the fair things that they hoped for the vale of earl on account of the wisdom of the thing they had done when they spoke with the old lord in his long red room there was Narl the blacksmith who had been their leader there was guhick who first had thought of it after speaking with his wife, an upland farmer of clover pastures near Earl. There was Nehick, a driver of horses. There were four vendors of beeves, or cattle, and Oth, a hunter of deer, and Vlell, the master ploughman. All these and three men more had gone to the lord of Earl and made that request that had set Alvaric on his wanderings and now they spoke of all the good that would come of it they had all desired that the vale of earl should be known among men as was they felt its desert they had looked in histories they had read books treating of pastures yet seldom found mention at all of the vale they loved and one day Guhik had said let all us people be ruled in the future by a magic lord and he shall make the name of the valley famous and there shall be none that have heard not of the name of earl and all had rejoiced and had made a parliament, and it had gone twelve men to the Lord of Earl, and it had been as I have told. So now they spoke over their mead of the future of Earl and its place among other valleys, and of the reputation that it should have in the world. They would meet and talk in the great forge of Narl, and Narl would bring them mead from an inner room, and Threll would come in late from his work in the woods. The mead was of clover honey, heavy and sweet, and when they had sat a while in the warm room, talking of daily things of the valley and uplands, they would turn their minds to the future, seeing as through a golden mist the glory of Earl. One praised the beeves, another the horses, another the good soil, and all looked to the time when other lands should know the great mastery among valleys that was held by the valley of Earl and time that brought these evenings bore them away moving over the vale of earl as over all fields we know and it was spring again and the season of bluebells and one day in the prime of the wild anemones it was told that Alvaric and lirazel had a son then all the people of earl lit a fire next night on the hill and danced about it and drank mead and rejoiced all day they had dragged logs and branches from it from the wildwood near and the glow of the fire was seen in other lands only on the pale blue peaks of the mountains of Elfland no gleam of it shone for they are unchanged by aught that can happen here and when they rested from dancing round their fires they would sit on the ground and foretell the fortune of earl when it should be ruled over by this son of Alvaric, with all the magic he would have from his mother and some said he would lead them to war and some said to deeper ploughing and all foretold a better price for their beeves none slept that night for dancing and foretelling a glorious future and for rejoicing at the things they foretold and above all they rejoiced that the name of earl should be thenceforth known and honoured in other lands then Alvaric sought for a nurse for his child all through the valley and uplands and not easily found any worthy of having the care of one that was of the royal line of Elfland, and those that he found were frightened of the light as though not of our earth or sky that seemed to shine at times in the baby's eyes and in the end he went one windy morning up the hill of the lonely witch and found her sitting idly in her doorway having nothing to curse or bless well said the witch. Did the sword bring you fortune? Who knows said Alveric, what brings fortune since we cannot see the end, and he spoke wearily, for he was weary with age and never knew how many years had gone over him on the day he travelled to Elfland. far more it seemed than had passed on that same day over Earl. ay said the witch, who knows the end, but we mother witch said alveric i wedded the king of Elfland's daughter that was a great advancement said the old witch mother witch said alveric we have a child and who shall care for him no human task said the witch mother witch said alveric will you come to the vale of earl and care for him and be the nurse at the castle for none but you in all these fields knows aught of the things of elfland except the princess, and she knows nothing of earth. And the old witch answered, For the sake of the king, I will come. So the witch came down from the hill with a bundle of queer belongings, and thus the child was nursed in the fields we know by one who knew songs and tales of his mother's country. And often, as they bent together over the baby, that aged witch and the Princess Lirazel would talk together, and afterwards through long evenings of things about which Alverick knew nothing, and for all the age of the witch and the wisdom that she had stored in her hundred years, which is all hidden from man, it was nevertheless she who learned when they talked together and the Princess Lirazel who taught but of earth and the ways of earth Lyrisel never knew anything and this old witch that watched over the baby so tended him and so soothed that in all his infancy he never wept for she had a charm for brightening the morning and a charm for cheering the day and a charm for calming a cough and a charm for making the nursery warm and pleasant and eerie when the fire leaped up at the sound of it from logs that she had enchanted and sent large shadows of the things about the fire quivering dark and merry over the ceiling and the child was cared for by lirazel and the witch as children are cared for whose mothers are merely human but he knew tunes and runes besides that other children hear not in fields we know so the old witch moved about the nursery with her black stick guarding the child with her runes if a draught on windy nights shrilled in through some crack she had a spell to calm it and a spell to charm the song that the kettle sang till its melody brought hints of strange news from mist-hidden places and the child grew to know the mystery of far valleys that his eyes had never seen and at evening she would raise her ebon stick and standing before the fire amongst all the shadows would enchant them and make them dance for him And they took all manner of shapes of good and evil, dancing to please the baby, so that he came to have knowledge not only of the things with which earth is stored, pigs, trees, camels, crocodiles, wolves, and ducks, good dogs, and the gentle cow, but of the darker things also that men have feared, and the things they have hoped and guessed. Through those evenings the things that happen and the creatures that are passed over those nursery walls, and he grew familiar with the fields we know. And on warm afternoons the witch would carry him through the village, and all the dogs would bark at her eerie figure, but durst not come too close, for a page boy behind her carried the ebon stick and dogs that know so much that know how far a man can throw a stone and if he would beat them and if he durst not knew also that this was no ordinary stick so they kept far away from that queer black stick in the hand of the page and snarled and the villagers came out to see and all were glad when they saw how magical a nurse the young heir had for here they said is the witch and they declared that she would bring him up amongst the true principles of wizardry and that in his time there would be magic that would make all their valley famous and they beat their dogs until they slunk indoors but the dogs clung to their suspicions still So that when the men were gone to the forge of Narl, and their houses were quiet in the moonlight, and Narl's windows glowed, and the mead had gone round, and they talked of the future of Earl, more and more voices joining in the tale of its coming glory, on soft feet the dogs would come out to the sandy street and howl and to the high sunny nursery lirazel would come bringing a brightness that the learned witch had not in all her spells and would sing to her boy those songs that none can sing to us here for they were learned the other side of the frontier of twilight and were made by singers all unvexed by time and for all the marvel that there was in those songs whose origin was so far from the fields we know and in times remote from those that historians use and though men wondered at the strangeness of them when from open casements through the summer days they drifted over earl yet none wondered even at those as she wondered at the earthly ways of her child and all the little human things that he did more and more as he grew for all human ways were strange to her and yet she loved him more than her father's realm or the glittering centuries of her ageless youth or the palace that may be told of only in song in those days alverick learned that she would never now grow familiar with earthly things never understand the folk that dwelt in the valley never read wise books without laughter never care for earthly ways never feel more at ease in the castle of earl than any woodland thing that threll might have snared and kept caged in a house He had hoped that soon she would learn the things that were strange to her, till the little differences that there are between things in our fields and in Elfland should not trouble her any more. But he saw at last that the things that were strange would always remain so, and that all the centuries of her timeless home had not so lightly shaped her thoughts and fancies that they could be altered by our brief years here. When he had learned this, he had learned the truth. Between the spirits of Alverick and Lyrisel lay all the distance there is between earth and elfland, and love bridged the distance which can bridge further than that. Yet when, for a moment, on the golden bridge he would pause and let his thoughts look down at the gulf, all his mind would grow giddy, and Alverick trembled. What of the end? He thought, and feared lest it should be stranger than the beginning. And she, she did not see that she should know anything. Was not her beauty enough? Had not a lover come at last to those lawns that shone by the palace only told of in song and rescued her from her uncompanioned fate and from that perpetual calm? Was it not enough that he had come? Must she needs understand the curious things folk did? Must she never dance in the road, never speak to goats, never laugh at funerals, never sing at night? why what was joy for if it must be hidden must merriment bow to dulness in these strange fields she had come to and then one day she saw how a woman of earl looked less fair than she had looked a year ago little enough was the change but her swift eye saw it surely And she went to Alverick crying to be comforted, because she feared that time in the fields we know might have power to harm that beauty that the long, long ages of Elfland had never dared to dim. And Alverick had said that time must have his way, as all men know, and where was the good of complaining. End of chapter 5 The Wisdom of the Parliament of Earl